right, let's go ahead and take your Bible. Jonathan, if you can put that slide up there. We've been doing a series on how the leaves change and the process uh, using that object lesson because this time of year the leaves change. There's a process of photosynthesis, the cold, the right temperature, but everybody's mind is on the leaves and how they change and things like this. And so I, I did a little series about change and how about falling back to Jesus and becoming like Jesus. And uh, we've mostly been talking about how the chain change is needs to start in our mind, how Satan attacks our mind and tries to get us away from God. And we're at 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, and uh, we're going to look at just a few verses today, but I want us to specifically read verse 13, and uh, then I want to ask Brother Bobby to lead us in prayer, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of backdrop to help you understand we've I preached several years ago during the summer through the book of Peter, and we're going to see it was written to people being persecuted for their faith. And uh, but look at verse thirteen specifically. We're going to we're going to, we're going to talk about thirteen all the way down to verse seventeen. Uh, some things we can learn from these verses. We're going to look at the first part of these verses as well, but. Let's read just verse 13 together, and then, Brother Bobby, if you can ask God's blessings, please, on our uh, lesson today as well. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is given, brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice that first part of that verse, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind here. We're going to find out what, what in the world does that mean to gird up the loins of your mind? How do you do this? Why, do you, why was the writer telling us to do this here? And we're going to see here that uh, um, we have some things, even though that we get saved, we have an old nature, we have a new nature, and sometimes if we don't stay focused and concentrated, and becoming like Christ, that old nature, when somebody attacks us and attacks our faith, can actually come out and we can actually be doing some things uh, that there and how to conquer some bad habits. And we all, we all know that we all, even though we're saved, uh, we, have, we still have some bad habits that we do. And it takes a while to overcome a bad habit, right? Well, the writer, Peter, okay, wrote this book. And I'm going to give you a little bit of backdrop, and then we'll make it really practical, okay? Peter wrote this book, and he, he wrote this book to Christians that were forced to leave their homes because of persecution. Their faith was tried here. And they, had, they were scattered everywhere. It would be like people coming into Huttonsville here saying, you got, we don't want no Christians here no more, and, and we're going to kill you, we're going to rob you, we're going to do everything. And you had to be scattered, and you went to different parts. And then when you get there, you were being persecuted again. And uh, we're going to see that Peter, you know, Peter was no saint himself. You know, he was one of the greatest Christians in the world. But you know what? When Peter, Brother Jim, was attacked, when Jesus, the night that he came to arrest Jesus, attacked. You know, Peter was a, a quick-tempered guy. He, he, 
He, how many of you sometimes like this? You have a quick temper. I'm, my hands is ways. You lose it sometimes, and you say, mouth, get that back in there. I said the wrong thing because I was mad here. And how many of you ever did something? You said, man, I shouldn't have did that here because I was mad here. And that didn't act like Jesus Christ, and I shouldn't have said that here. Well, the night that Peter, Jesus, was arrested here, Peter got so mad here that he took a, guy, he took a sword, Miss Megan, and he said, let me take care of you guys. I'm going to show you what Jesus Christ is like. I'm going to cut your ear off here. And Jesus said, coach, he said, time out. He said, teaching lesson. So he took this guy's ear and he put it back on. He said, now, guys, if you're going to act like me because you've been students, you've been with me, then uh, that's not the way we do things here, okay? Uh, that's not the way that Jesus operated, right? Amen. And uh, I'm against abortion, but I don't go around blowing up abortion clinics. Amen? Okay? I'm against certain things, but I, tr I believe that you should always treat people because everybody's made in the image of God lovingly and kindly and fairly. Amen? You should, you should never be mean to people. Amen? As a Christian. Can I have amen? Okay? But here Peter wrote this, and I want you to try to put yourself in their shoes in America, we sort of face some persecution. Stay tuned. It may be coming to a theater near us more and more and more. Amen. We don't know what the next couple years may hold as Christians. Amen. How many agree things have changed just in the last two years and Christians have been persecuted, but we could go through more persecution, okay? But I want you to look at a couple scriptures here. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 because I'm going to give you a backdrop of some of the things that they were going to going through it, and so that you could put yourself in their shoes, and you could also see that I am like that. Now look at 1 Peter 2, verses 11 through 14. Look at 1 Peter 2, verse 11 through 14. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you. That means I plead with you as strangers, meaning this, this world's not our home, and as a pilgrim, you're just a passing through like the pilgrims, What's he say to do? Abstain from what kind of lust? Fleshly lust. These are things that you want to do, that you want to act out of your natural impulse. It might be a habit that you had before you got saved. It's still there, and you want to act out. In other words, if somebody does this to you, you know, this is what I used to do here, and this is what I'm supposed to do here, uh, no, that's not the way you're supposed to do it, but look what he says. Notice what fleshly impulse or lust do. Which do what against the soul? War against the soul. Now, you realize here, there's a constant, we know that there's a war going on in Ukraine. It's lasted 10, ten months, not sure when it's going to happen. We know that the Afghanistan war lasted many years, okay? But you realize there's a war every day of your life as a Christian. How many realize that? There's a war against your soul. That's your inner person here. That's your inner man that wants to be like Jesus Christ here, okay? There's somebody that's constantly trying to say, where you say, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going I'm to stop losing my temper. I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop. I'm going to start acting right here. And then there's that pull. Now, what was causing the war for these people here? Notice your behavior Look at your behavior. Look at verse 12. Having your conversation, that means your behavior, 
what? How, how, how are you supposed to behave honest among the Gentiles? That's, that's the nations of the world. Now, I want to ask you a question. Look what they were doing to the people. That where they speak evil against you as what? They speak against you as what? Evildoers. They made by your good works, which they shall behold or see, glorify God in the day of visitation here. Now, were they being slandered here? How do you feel? Let's put yourself in their shoes. Jim, somebody slanders you, your family, says something about your state, your, your, your school. I, I, don't, I don't like it when anybody makes fun of my school, my area. You know, I don't like it. How many of you have ever heard people say, well, you live in, I, I about popped the guy, I'm sorry, one time. You live in Pill Creek here. Okay, preachers, don't get mad against this guy here. Okay, but it made me mad. Now, how many of how many makes it mad when somebody talks about your town? It, it really does here. How many agree here that, 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 that when somebody said that to me, they were just kind of joking, and I was like, okay, time out, coach. <laughs> This wouldn't look good if the preacher made the front page of slugging the guy here because I, I've been here 23 people. I love our school. I love our people here. I love her here. So, so that wouldn't look good, so I had to say, okay, there's a war going on inside of me because before I got saved, coach, I had a hot temper. I was mad, and that's what it would have did here. But, Jim, how would you react if you were being slandered? Yeah, yeah. It would be hard to control yourself, right? Okay. It would take a lot of focus to get off that. Let's look at some, another thing in chapter 4. So I'm trying to get you to see before we put yourself in the shoes of some of these people. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. It says, um, if, look at 1 Peter 4, verse 14. If you be reproached here, okay, or, or, or talked about, one reason, for the name of who? Okay, in other words, you're insulted as a Christian here. Happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And on their part, he is what, folks? Evil spoken but on our part, he is what? Now, let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other man's matters. But if any man suffers as a Christian, let him not be what, folks? Shame, let him do what, folks? Glorify God on his behalf. Now, whose behalf do you live? When I say I'm a Christian here, Whose behalf do, when I go to my community here and I say, I am a Christian worker at this community here, okay? I work here, but I'm a Christian here. Who do you behalf, who do you represent? Okay, now, Brother Kenny, I'm going to ask you a question here. In this verse here, how would you have feel? 1 Peter chapter 4 right here where it says, uh, um, verse 14, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy of you because the Holy Spirit's on you and, and they act a certain way, but as a Christian, does it make does it make you honestly? Let's let's. I'm trying to be transparent, okay? Not one of these preachers that like, oh well, this never happens to me here. But let's be transparent here. Does it make you mad when people talk about Christ? Yeah, you see things on the news, you know, like man, I got to change this channel here because 
I'm going to preach a sermon about these people making fun of people. Now, let, let's, let's be honest here. Is this war going on against with everybody here that's a Christian? It goes. And the only way we can do it is by the Holy Spirit helping us, but he's got to work on our mind here. He's got he's to show us because we have this constant war with our flesh. Now, going back to 1 Peter chapter 1 here, and we're not going to look at the, the first part of these verses here, but... In the first part of these verses, Peter was writing these people here, and he was trying to get their mind focused from all the persecution that they were facing here and all the things that they were facing, and he was trying to get their mind focused on heaven and Jesus Christ here. And, and he talks about things that are reserved in heaven, but he also gets down to verse 6, and he says that... Uh, uh, these people were in heaviness through different temptations here. But then he says, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish here. So was their faith being tried here? Now, when you put, when your faith getting tried here, okay, it was coming from various temptations here. Now, let me, guess, let me ask you a question here. Were your Christianity to be tried on a, in your marriage sometimes? You ever get in an argument with your wife? Men, say amen. Okay. Ladies, say oh my. <laughs> okay. Kids, you ever get in an argument with your parents? I'm talking Christian kids. You ever get in disagreement and you say, thank God this is not on YouTube, amen, okay? But can I get it, can I get it amen, kids? Okay. We're, we're flesh, right? We have flesh here. And what happens is these people that Peter was writing to, he was trying to help them here. Because their mind was being attacked, and they wanted to act a certain way here. And he was trying to tell them in verses 10 through the rest of the chapter that the Holy Spirit spoke in the Old Testament, and he wrote scriptures predicting that Christ would suffer and that you all would suffer too here, and how you are supposed to act here. And the Holy Spirit had to take the scripture and he had to get it in your mind here and he had to show you here. Now, do you realize here, it's one thing for me to get up here and preach a sermon and say, this is how you're supposed to act here. But it's another thing when the Holy Spirit takes the same scriptures, speaks to your mind and tells you, this is what you're supposed to do. Now, how many agree with me? It's one thing for me to get up here, but when the Holy Spirit shows you in your mind, this is what I'm supposed to do here. That's a different story here. Amen. Now. When we get down to verse 13 quickly here, he just got done talking about the Holy Scripture and how in the Old Testament it prophesied that the Christ would suffer. So we must gird up the ones. We must be prepared here. We must not stumble here. Now let me ask you a question here. Does anybody here have something that you say, man, that's always a stumbling block for me here. I just haven't got that down. Haven't got my temper down, man. I haven't got my cussing down here. Haven't got with this. I had a guy one time, and you may think this is crazy here, but uh, he used to cuss, and he's in heaven now, and he used to smoke here, and he got saved out of a rock band here, and his name is Eddie, and uh he came to me one time, and he had been saved a couple years. He said, Pastor, I only smoke half as much as I used to smoke and only cuss as much as I... And I said, good job. Now, that's kind of strange, Rodney, for a preacher to say, good job, you're only smoking half. Okay, but is that progress? 
Okay. Now let me ask you a question. The following year, the following year, it was down to a third, and then the following year, he came to me. He said, "I haven't said a cuss word for almost a year, and I haven't smoked a year." And I said, "But I, but I, you, you teachers and, and Miss Melissa, I know you're a principal here. When somebody does good and they're obedient, you go, yeah, our kids, hey, good what? Good job. Do we need those good jobs here?" Now, and, and does it do something in a kid's mind when you tell them, hey, you did a good job here? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that God's any different to you when he says, hey, you did a good job overcoming that bad habit? That you, you, you would have acted a certain way. And I don't know about you here. You look at a Pastor Stanley who's been here 23 years, 32 years here, but, Rodney, if you go back to my high school people here, okay, they would say, that's fighting, my nickname was Fed, that's fighting Fred here, and that's, I used to drink, okay, I'm transparent, okay, used to do certain things here, but I'm not that man no more. You know why? I, I realized that I had to become like Jesus Christ, but I realized I was always, throughout my Christian life, I was always going to be under attack. So you may think you have something down, but let me ask you a question. Does your enemy ever sleep? No. And you need to always be prepared. But there's another word there. So why be prepared? Why gird up the loins of your mind? To, to be prepared here, okay? Now, what does it mean to be sober? The word sober means self-controlled here. It means concentrated here. Now, Brother Ronnie, can I use you for a second here? Now, why did these Christians need to be self-controlled? We're going to find out that they had some things in their past that wanted to creep up, and they must constantly be self-controlled here. Now, Ronnie, come up here real quick, okay? You want to see this. I'll let you see this in the woods, don't you? <laughs> Amen. Now, how many hunters want to see this in the woods pretty soon? Hey, guys, these guys are amen to me. They're hunting tomorrow. Amen. Okay, you want to see this in the woods. When I was little, Rodney, maybe Josh did this. Okay, you can tell on him. He's not here. I would take my kids, and I'm looking for the big buck, and my kids would be like planting the leaves and playing this, and I take. Hush, 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 hush. You're scaring the what? Deer away here. I said, you got to concentrate. They're going to hear you here. And I, whenever they made the noise and they couldn't stay concentrated, we just had fun memories, Kenny. We never got the buck here. Now, at the buck, that's what you want to stay focused. So did Josh ever, when he was little, starting out hunting here? I know fishing probably just automatically here. But did Josh, when he started hunting here, when he was little with you, and you took him out, and you're looking for the big buck, did he ever not stay sober here and did not display self-control? Let me ask you this question. How many deer hunters ever fall asleep hunting? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Raise your hand. Okay. That buck got away, right? You ever do that? <laughs> Get up four o'clock in the morning. I had to check the trail camera. <laughs> Amen. You missed him. You missed this because you were not prepared for this. Now, 
I want to ask you a question here. Okay. What's the best place to hit a deer? Now, you ever hit a deer? Somebody told me. Somebody told me this not too long ago. But I'll let you look at this first. What's there? The heart. And what's there? The lungs. And what's there? Okay, amen. Now, there's a set of scores right there, right? Tens to what? Heart. Right, Ronnie, what's the perfect shot you want to get? Why? Why do you want to get the heart? Somebody tell me. You deer hunters, why do you want to get the heart? Right there. Why do you want to get the heart? Poo! Instant. Amen. It's gone. Now, why does Satan want to get your heart? You ever think about that? Quick kill, he wants you out of the war. War, right? Quick kill. Now, has he ever gotten people out of the, I say, game or anything because of something they did? He says, hey, you're in a war with me, and I know your weakness, okay? And I know how to make you not like Christ, so I am going to try to get you there. Now, that's a pretty good shot, right, Ronnie? Yeah, and by here is even better, but what if you get him up here or maybe back here? What's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to have to follow that blood, right? And then you probably said, I might have killed him, or I might not, or he might have went. So it's all because, now you're out there hunting here. What kind of gun do you use quickly? 30 out 6. 30 out 6. got a scope on, I imagine, right? When you're looking at that scope here, okay, are you looking over here, over there? Where do you want to hit? You want to hit right there, okay? So do you have to concentrate sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah, if you're the farther you're away, you say the farther you gotta concentrate, right? You, that's that's where you wanna hit, okay? Now, let me ask you a question. It requires how many hunters realize it requires a lot of hunting? Okay. Those little squirrels, little chipmunks. How many of the you how many have ever thought that was the biggest buck in the world and you turned around and you said, That little squirrel, you get out of here, amen? And then the buck comes up right on you, right? It got your concentration off. The buck goes by. But Rod, Rodney, you ever got, maybe not this big, okay, but you ever got a nice deer and you said, concentration, I got him right there. Sure. Okay. But it, it required a lot of concentration, didn't it? Okay. Yeah. But you ever have a missus? <laughs> How many? <laughs> we won't talk about that because mine, mine's worse. <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead and sit down, okay? Give him a hand. <laughs> Okay. Now, how many of you guys have ever gotten hits as a Christian? You said, man, I handled that right. I was obedient. I wanted to act a certain way. I didn't let my bad habit happen here. But Peter says, you've got to gird up the loins of your mind. You've got to be prepared because you can always stumble as a Christian. Then you've got to be sober. You've got to concentrate here. And do you realize here... When you read your Bible here, you've got to concentrate. It's a magic word called meditation in the Bible. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what God wants. Actually, well, it takes a lot of concentration before. Now, how many have ever, when you said, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to read my Bible through this year. And you sit down, and this always happens to me. I get in my office in the morning. I'm going to read my Bible today, let God speak to me. Ring, ring. When we had kids, the baby, ah, and everything. 
clang, clang, clang. How many of you hate it when your mind's not focused and you can't pay attention here? So uh, does it require a place where you can, busy moms, you need to take a time out every once in a while. How, how many of moms every once in a while just go, God, take a brief break. Take care of the kids for me. Let me have time with me and God, okay? How many moms sometimes are like that? Amen? Life is busy here. It requires concentration where you sit down and you be sober and you let the Spirit of God speak to you here, okay? Now let me ask you a question here. How many have ever had those times when the Spirit of God spoke to you and he said, don't handle that that way? Handle it the right way, amen? And there's been times you ask my wife here, I've been tested as a pastor, and, and my wife said, take a Bible break for a second. You want to handle something in a wrong way. You will, and that wouldn't, that would destroy your testimony. She, and this is my wife preaching to me. That would destroy your testimony. She said, take a Bible break. And let's find out. Let, let God speak to you. Be sober. But he says, the reason why, hope unto the what? Look at verse 13. He says, he says, hope to the what? Verse 13. Hope to the end. Why? For the grace, that's God's help, that is brought unto you, God helps you, at the revelation of who? Now, was this persecution going to last forever? Who's going to come back someday? Now, if you read the end of the book, all these things that these liberals and all these bad organizations that try to fight Christianity, they ain't going to win. Now, we may feel like sometimes we're losing right now, amen? How many of you like sometimes the, the liberals and the leftists and everybody's winning right now? But I got news for you. If I read the end of the book, we win. There is a lake of fire. There is a place called hell. There is a place called hell if you're not born again, amen, where the devil and his angels will be. God says they'll be cast in there. I'll have a new heaven, a new earth. Everything will be back just the way it is. And he says you Christians win. Now, try to imagine you're being persecuted. It's hard to stay focused on the future, isn't it? But he was trying to get their minds and say, hey, minds, it's not always going to be this way here. You're going to go through this here. But he's trying to get their minds not to do something. To do something, and look at verse 14 quickly. As what kind of children? Obedient. He's trying to get their minds to obey God and not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your what? In your what? Now, when I was a kid, we, we used that word lightly here. People would say, well, you're ignorant. That, 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 we used it in a wrong way, but that means uninformed here, okay? When I was a teenager, teenagers here, okay, I did some things ignorantly that I'm not proud of. Any of you adults ever raise your hand and say Amen. Okay. We did it. We didn't know ignorance. Ignorance is, is, is not knowing what is to do and what is not to do. But my dad used to tell me, once you know what to do and then you do it, then you're foolish. <laughs> and I tried to take on my dad. My dad was 275 pounds one time, and I went to a drinking party when I was probably a 10th or 11th grade party, and there was a beer cooler behind me, and I tried to take on my big burly dad one time, and I had too much to drink one time, and he just went like this, Rodney. He just pushed me over, <laughs> hit my head, and I said, oh, sorry, Dad. 
I will never mess with you again. But I thought, Rodney, in my ignorance, I thought I could take on my dad. <laughs> well, he showed me just like this. And you know what? In our ignorance, the world thinks they can show God who's boss. But God can show the world who is boss. All he has to do is just one little finger say, let me show you who's boss. And you know what? There's a lot of things, a lot of people in your ignorance you used to do. But you know what? I'm not ignorant no more. You know why, Brother Kenny? I learned the, the biblical way of doing things. And once I learned in the Bible, I went to Sunday school. I went to small group Bible studies. I, I got involved in things like Young Life and the Bible study here. And I got these things. And I learned this is how you're supposed to do things here. And I didn't do it. But you know what? It always creeps up. It always creeps up sometimes, amen. Does your flesh sometimes creep up? It creeps up. Now, look quickly here. This is why we gird up the loins of your minds. But look very quickly. I'm just about done here. Look at 1 Peter. And why do we do this? So why do we, why do we gird up the loins of the mind? Why do we be obedient here? Look at this next verse here. And God tells us here we're something in this world here. Trying to hurry, but he says, verse 15, but as he which hath called you, that's God, God who is what? Holy. So be holy in all, notice the word all, manner of conversation or way of life or behavior here. So that word holiness, I used to think, God, I'm not perfect here. How can I be holy here? Okay. You know, a long time ago, they, the saints here, uh, when I was a kid here, they, they weren't winning, and, and uh, the fans would put, uh, uh, I ain't no saint here, and they would put, uh, how many of y'all remember that here, when they used to put the, put the bag over their head at the NFL games here, and they would cross out the saints here, the New Orleans saints here, and they, they would say, I ain't no saint here, okay? And uh, I used to look at this word holy, and I used to say, well, I'm not holy here. I'm not perfect here. Now, is anybody perfect here? If we look at this, if this says God's holy, okay, and you're supposed to be holy, how can I be perfect if I still have bad habits and hold things here? This means you're set apart. So, you know, when you go to work tomorrow, you know who goes with you tomorrow at work? Who goes with you tomorrow? Yeah, when you go to the football field here, okay, you got you're set apart here. You are set apart to make a difference in people's lives here. That's what that's what this word holiness means here. Okay, I had a guy one time that told me he said I don't sin, and I said to this guy, he used to go to our church many 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 years ago, and I said I bet you if I smash your your windshield on your new car, I could make you sin real quick. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Now. But he was honest. He thought, he thought, he thought that he, he, had never, he, he didn't sin. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there anybody in this room who hasn't done something this wrong? Do you know that you've done something wrong? Amen? Is there anybody, including the pastor, you said, man, I messed up there, okay? But don't you hate it when people say, I'm perfect. No, I'd never do that here. Never say you never do something. Never say you get out of church because I've seen people say, I'll never get out of church. Never say that. But God says to be holy, 
That means that God wants us to be set apart. So in our minds, we got to prepare our mind. When you go to work, when you go to school, everywhere you go, every manner of your behavior means I go. And, you know, I, I try to let people wherever I go, you know, I let people know I'm a Christian here. Okay? Now, a lot of people know in a small town, we went to a festival yesterday, everybody knows I'm a pastor, okay? But I let know, I let know that there can be lost pastors too. Amen. I want people to know I am a Christian, and I want people to see that I'm a Christian. But I also realize I have a war that goes on me that I need to be constantly preparing my mind. Now, look at this last scripture, and we'll be done. Look what he says here. So we're on the Father, who without respect of persons does something, judges according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning, that means your life here, in what? Now, when we look at that word fear, Jim, I used to think that word fear means I'm scared. I am scared of snakes, okay? Okay? I'll let that mean, okay? You want me to beat Minute Bull in the... Uh, the 100-yard dash, grab a snake, and I'll run, okay, okay, okay? But, but my point is, okay, I'm scared, I'm fearful, okay? My wife thinks I'm crazy. How many have ever been across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge there, okay? I tell my wife, I think this is a good time for you to drive. <laughs> it's one of the scariest bridges in the night. I don't like that bridge, okay? I'm scared of that bridge, okay? And, uh, but this word fear means respect, okay? Now, how many agree with me that we have lost respect for God? When I tried to do that to my dad here, I, I lost respect. I mean, and in, in in something caused me to lose respect here, okay? He, 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 he let me know right away here, <laughs> you better respect me here. But my point is, okay, how many agree that we have lost respect for God? How we act, how we behave, people don't treat one another right. They just act out of their impulse. They say whatever. They say, well, this is just an old habit I used to do and always do. Well, do you always have to act that way, or can you conquer some things through God's help? Can you conquer your anger? Can you conquer your cussing? Can you you conquer your drinking? Yeah. Yeah, you can conquer anything. But does it, if you don't have a proper, according to this verse here, and I'll be done, if you don't have a proper respect for God, does it affect your prayer life? Yeah. First Peter chapter 3 says, if you've got something in between your husband and wife here, God says, you're, I'm not going to answer your prayer until you make it right. Do you understand here? If you've got something in your marriage right now, you need to get God involved and make it right with him, and then God will answer your prayers. If churches would get right with one another, thank God we got a good spirit here, amen. But if people would get right with one another, amen, if a nation would get right with God, amen, God will actually answer our prayer, amen. But you know what, folks? We're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. Say, God, move, 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 move. We just got to get the respect for God back. Because you know what, Rodney? We're firing. We're firing. And I'm done. We're praying. But we ain't hitting here. We ain't hitting the heart. We're hitting way up here, and we're wondering, what's going on with our country? What's going on with our churches? Let me ask you a question. Do our churches need revival? Yes, they sure need revival, and we're missing the heart. We're missing the heart. 
and we wonder why we don't get our prayers answered. It's because we've lost focus on becoming like Jesus Christ. We've put man as the center of attention, amen. Let me get news for you. I am not the center of attention of this church. Jesus Christ is, okay? If I dropped dead in that car wreck six weeks ago, you could have a new pastor, and you have the same God, and he's the same person, amen? But you know what, folks? I've seen it all the way where the pastor gets in his mind here. He doesn't prepare his mind. I'm the dictator. I'm this okay. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works here. We've got to gain control of our thought life here if we're going to change and become like Jesus Christ. <laughs>